Well, good morning, Woodvale family. Happy New Year. Well, today we're beginning a brand new six-part sermon series that we're calling ReChurch. I want to take six Sundays to explore with you concerning and about the church. Maybe you heard the story of the man who was shipwrecked, isolated, stranded on an island for a long time, and finally the rescuer came. And when he was being rescued, the rescuer said to him, can you tell me why there's three huts on the island? Well, the guy said, well, yeah. He said, that hut over there, that's my house. He said, well, what about the other two huts? He said, well, that one there is my church. He said, your church? He said, what about the third one? Oh, that's the church that I used to go to. Well, that's layered with meaning. So much we need to learn and rediscover about the church. Well, I want to share with you today 10 brief things about the church in this introductory message. The first thing I want to share with you, number one, is simply this. The church is not a building. You are the church. The church is not about brick and mortar. The church is about people. It's not a place. It's people. You are the church. So if you want to have fun with someone this week, when they ask you, what church do you go to? Have fun with them and say, I don't go to church. I am the church. That will be a conversation piece. Well, let me remind you, in the beginning part of this message, the church is not a building. You are the church. It's people. The second thing I want to share with you, number two, the Greek word for church is ecclesia. And the word ecclesia literally means to call out of. And it's an amazing word, ek, which simply means out, and then ecclesia, to call out of. You see, in the early days, people were called out of their sin to become followers of Jesus Christ. They were called out, gathered together, and clustered together as a church. Over a period of time, that usage of the word ecclesia stopped being used. And it was replaced with words like, uh, like gathering, or assembly, or church, or congregation. And there's an amazing scripture in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, where I think Peter nailed it. Peter said in verse 9 of chapter 2 of the book that bears his name, but you are a chosen people. You're a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation. You're God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So ecclesia is the Greek word. The third thing I want to share with you is that there really only is one true church, but it has many different expressions. I know in the city of Ottawa, there's a lot of different local expressions of churches, a lot of different denominations, but there's really only one church. And the church worldwide consists of all those who are believers of Jesus Christ. But then there's those local expressions, but there is really just one true church. What unites us is the common denominator that we're followers of Jesus Christ. I love Jesus' prayer in John chapter 17. And in that prayer, he prayed for unity. He prayed for the unity of the believers. In verse 23, he said, I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. So the church has many expressions, and Woodville is just one expression of the global church. I kind of like to compare it to Baskin and Robbins. There's different flavors of ice cream, but it's all ice cream. The fourth thing I want to share with you, this is a tough one, but the church grows the most in the atmosphere of persecution. 
You see, when you look at the church worldwide, in the countries where there's a great amount of persecution, it seems that the church is growing more and more rapidly. A friend of mine, Ilya Bansi, he's a missionary in Siberia, and they've had lots of persecution with their church. In fact, one day, because of the government persecution, their church doors were locked and it was closed. They're in Siberia and it's the middle of winter. Well, instead of shutting down the service, you know what they did? They had an outdoor service in the cold of winter and everyone showed up. I think of China where where persecution is great, but the church is growing leaps and bounds. I think of Seoul, Korea, where Dr. Paul Youngi Cho's church is, where they have four services on a Sunday. It's the largest church in the world with like 500,000 members. And their first service is at seven o'clock, somehow 7 a.m. in the morning. Somehow in the midst of persecution, the church just keeps growing. In Acts chapter 8, verse 1 to 4, there was lots of persecution in the early church. It says, on that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Godly man buried Stephen and mourned deeply for him. Stephen was martyred for his faith, and he was killed. But Saul began to destroy the church, going from house to house. He dragged off both the men and the woman, and put them in prison, but those who have been scattered preached the word wherever they went. And when I read in the book of Acts of the early church, the more the persecution, the more the church began to grow. I love what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, I tell you, Peter, on this rock, on this rock-like confession, Peter, that you gave, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not overcome it. God is building his church. Satan's not going to win. God is building his church. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 9, down to verse 11, Peter is talking about persecution that was going on in the church, and the devil was roaming around seeking whom he may devour. And Peter said, resist him. Stand firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of suffering. And the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory of Christ after you have suffered a little while will himself restore you and make you strong and firm and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. Well, we're in this 28-day lockdown, and it's not easy. And this coronavirus season is not easy, and it's tough on the church, and it's tough for us, but we need to stay strong and hold together. The fifth thing I want to share with you, number five, is that the New Testament is actually filled with at least six metaphors of the church. And in this sermon series, we're going to explore these six metaphors and what it means to us. There's the family, there's a building, there's a temple, there's a field, there's bride, the bride, and a body. And today, I want to take a few moments to talk to you about the metaphor of the church being compared to a family. And so the sixth thing I want to share with you, number six, is the church is not just like a family. In fact, we're going to discover today that the church actually is a family. We're not just like a family, Woodvale. We are a family. Paul was writing to young Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15. He said to him, if I'm delayed, you will know how people ought to conduct themselves as God's household or God's family, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the foundation of the truth. 
You see, Woodville, we're not just like a family. We are family. We really are. The seventh thing I want to share with you is the church. It's not a place that you go to. And it's not an event that you attend. No, no. It's not a place you go to. This is the building. And it's not an event. When we come on a Sunday morning, we're not coming to an event. The church is a spiritual family that you and I belong to. We're a spiritual family. And we belong to each other. And we can grow together in our faith. And we can do life together. Church is not a place you go to. It's not an event. It's a spiritual family that we belong to. I love what Paul said in Galatians chapter 6, verse 10. He said, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. You see, we're doing life together. We are family. The eighth thing I want to share with you as we flesh out this idea that the church is a family is God is our father, Jesus is our elder brother, and we are brothers and sisters. All through the Bible, we learn that God is our father, but we also learn in the Bible that Jesus is like our elder brother, and we learn that we are like brothers and sisters. Paul was writing to the church in Ephesus in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 5. He said he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. You see, when you became a follower of Jesus Christ, you were adopted into the family of God. It's a spiritual family. We're like brothers and sisters. In Hebrews chapter 2, verse 11, both the one who makes people holy and those who are made holy are of the same family. So Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters. So we're brothers, we're sisters, we're doing life together. Our elder brother is Jesus and God is our father and we're a family for some of you. You're closer to your spiritual family than your biological family. For some of you, you've moved from a country from around the world and you miss your biological family. And church, the church has become your family. You know, friends, in this pandemic, how important it is that we're family. I need you. You need me. We need each other. We're brothers and sisters in Christ and we're doing life together. Paul was writing to the church in Corinth in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 15. He said, even if you had 10,000 guardians in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I became your father through the gospel. Did you know there's people in our church family that have spiritual fathers and spiritual mothers, people who function like a spiritual father or a spiritual mother to them? In fact, when when the book of Titus was written, it talked about the older man pouring into the younger man and the senior ladies pouring into the younger ladies, this whole idea of, of mentorship. You know, Evelyn and I, some people call me daddy or father Mark, and they look at me as like their spiritual father, and they look at Evelyn like their mom and their spiritual mom, and we're okay with that because we understand that we're family, and it's great to have spiritual mothers and spiritual fathers. Did you know that there's some senior ladies in this church that they kind of function like my spiritual mom? My biological mom doesn't live in Ottawa, but they're like my spiritual mom. And they're telling me, make sure you wear your coat. Don't get a cold. Take care of yourself. Eat well, pastor. 
and they're functioning like a spiritual mom. And there's some men in the church. They're like a spiritual father to me. And I look up to them. There's something about being a family. God is our father. Jesus is our elder brother. And we are brothers and sisters. We are family. And then there's number nine. As a family, we get the privilege of doing life together. You know, some people say to me, can you be a Christian and not go to church? Well, I ask them a question. Why as a Christian would you not want to go to church? It's so important to commit yourself to a a body of believers, an expression of believers, and to do life together. In Acts chapter 2, verse 42, down to verse 47, the early church was doing life together. They were fellowshipping together. They were doing ministry together. They were worshiping together. They were reaching people together. They were doing life together. And they were living out God's plan and God's mission through the church. You see, you need a church. You need to be connected in a church. You're not meant to do life in isolation. I don't believe God wants us to live our life in isolation. You see, on Christmas Eve, we had the privilege of having Christmas Eve service on site. I saw people walk into the doors that I had not seen for months. Oh, I wanted to hug them, but I couldn't. So I gave them a little virtual hug. I missed them. And it's so important that we're doing life together and even though we're in this lockdown and even though we can't worship on site yet again, We're still doing life together. We need each other and we need to join together. And so we learn in Acts chapter 2 that the church gives us an opportunity to do life together. But then there's number 10, and I want to leave you with this. As a family, we really, really need each other. There are people in our church family that they're really isolated, they're really lonely, and they're really hurting send them an email, call them, reach out to one another, especially as we begin this new year. It can be so tough, so difficult for each other. It's important that we reach out to each other. Paul wrote to a church in Ephesus in chapter 2, verse 19 of Ephesians 2, 19. It says, consequently, you are no longer foreigners. You are no longer strangers. You're fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household and God's family. We're not meant to be strangers to each other. We're meant to be doing life together, doing life as brothers and sisters in Christ. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23 down to verse 25, the writer said, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. And if you're struggling in this Corona season, hold on to Jesus. He's not going to let go of you. Focus on his promise. Focus on him. He went on to say, let us consider how we can spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. You see, church, we need to encourage one another. We need each other. I can't wait till we can get back on site and worship together. I know you're wearing your mask, but I could see your eyes smiling, but it's so good to see you. We're not meant to stay in isolation. We're meant to do life together. Paul was writing to the church in Thessalonica. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 10, he said, And in fact, 
you do love all of God's family throughout Macedonia. Yet we urge you, brothers and sisters, do this more and more. All through the New Testament, we're called to love the family of God, to reach out and love and do this all the more. First Peter chapter 2, verse 17, show respect to everyone. Love the family of believers. Fear God and honor the emperor. It's so important that we reach out and love one another. I want to close this brief message with some final verses from Galatians chapter 6, verse 9 and verse 10, where Paul said, let us not be weary or become weary in doing good. I mean, this COVID season can be tiring and wearisome, and we can get low and, and down and discouraged. But he said, at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. I want to invite you this week, ask God, what can you do to reach out to someone in the church family, to show them God's love, to encourage them? It's so important. Ask God who he wants you to reach out to and what can you do? So I remind you today, Woodfell, Church is not a building. You are the church. Church is a family. It's not a place that you go to. It's a family that you belong to. And Evelyn and I counted a joy and a privilege to call you our church family. And we really love you. We love you so much. To some of you, we're like brother and sisters. To some of you, we're like a father or a mother. For some, we're like a son and a daughter but we're doing life together. And I'm so glad that we can be a part of a church that has over 80 nationalities. It's intercultural and it's intergenerational. People from all around the world and people from every age bracket doing life together. I need you and you need me and we need each other. So I pray that this brief message today has encouraged you and helped you we're going to worship together in a song. And after we worship in this song, we're going to celebrate communion together. So I want you to get some bread or crackers and some grape juice or juice ready, whatever you have. In a few moments, we're going to celebrate communion together. God bless you. Dark. 
the Apostle Paul was writing to the church in Corinth, and he gave us instructions that I want to read to you today about communion. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23, down to verse 26, Paul said these words, for I received from the Lord what I also pass on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And so today is the first Sunday of the month of January, but it's also the first Sunday of 2021. I cannot think of a better way to start the year than celebrating church family communion. And today we're looking back and remembering that Jesus paid the price for our sins when he went to a cross and died for our sins some 2,000 years ago. And secondly, we're looking inside of us and saying, God, search our hearts. See if there's any wicked way in me. And then we're looking ahead, knowing that he's coming back someday soon. Well, friends, before we celebrate communion, I want to ask you a question. If today was the day that you died and you stepped into eternity, do you know that you know that you're ready for heaven? Whether you're here in the city of Ottawa or somewhere across Canada, or you're watching from somewhere around the world, I don't want you to think you're ready for heaven. I don't want you to hope you're going to heaven. I want you to know that you know that you're ready for heaven. Jesus said, I'm the way. I'm the truth, I'm the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You see, the deal with Christianity, it's not a religion, it's a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ. So if you've never asked Jesus Christ into your life, today I'd have no greater joy than leading you in a prayer to accept Jesus. So if that's you today, I wanna invite you to join with me in this prayer and pray after me, dear Jesus, I ask you into my life. Please forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. Be my Savior and be my Lord. Today I confess you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. I believe that there's many of you watching today that you personally asked Jesus Christ into your life. You made the best decision of your life. And if you live here in the city of Ottawa, we invite you, if you don't currently attend, a life-giving, Bible-believing church to join us in the journey. When we're back on site, we worship at 9 or 11 on site, and we offer church online also at 9 or 11. Reach out to us on the platform that this service is being presented to you, and we will reach back to you and help you in your new faith journey. And if you're somewhere across Canada or around the world and you don't currently attend a life-giving, Bible-believing church, reach out to us and we will help you find a life-giving, Bible-believing church in your area. Well, friends, today I trust that you got some bread or crackers ready and a little bit of juice. And I want to invite you to gather as a family in your household and I just want to lead us in a prayer before we partake of the bread and before we partake of the juice. And I want to pray for your household. This is the first Sunday of 2021, and 2020 has been a tough year. But I want to pray that God would bless your home 
and I wanna pray that the Lord would allow these emblems to be a reminder to us of what he's done. So let's bow our heads together. Father God, I thank you so much. I thank you for the emblems that we are holding on to today, for the bread, the cracker that represents your body, and for the juice that represents your blood. We thank you so much, Jesus, that you came to this world, you left heaven and came to this world for us. May we never forget the price that you paid. And I pray, God, in a couple of moments, as we partake of these emblems, that this would be a symbolic reminder of what you've done for us. I also, God, pray for every household, everyone in our church family, and all of our guests that are watching from across the city, the nation, and the world, that you would bless every home. I pray, God, that 2021 would be a year of victory. I pray that 2021 would be a, a year of breakthrough. And God, as we've talked today about the church as a family, that today we be reminded that church is not a place we go to. It's not an event that we come to see. It's a family that we belong to and we really need each other. And I pray, God, that the church family would know that they're loved and appreciated. We pray this now in Jesus' name, amen. Well, friends, I wanna invite you to take the bread Take the cracker. Jesus said, this is my body. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's partake of the bread or the cracker and let it be a reminder of the body of Jesus that Jesus went to the cross for us. I wanna invite you to take the juice whether it's grape juice or maybe all you had was apple juice or orange juice or even milk, let it be a symbolic reminder that Jesus shed his blood on a cross for us 2,000 years ago. I don't know about you, but I'm so glad that Jesus came and I'm so glad that Jesus died for my sins and your sins and for the sins of all mankind. Jesus said, this is my blood. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's partake together of the juice that represents his blood. Amen. Well, friends, in our final moments, I wanna share with you a couple of final things. First of all, we're in this 28-day lockdown, and I can't even begin to imagine how this lockdown will continue to negatively impact local small businesses. And as your pastor, I wanna encourage you to support the local small businesses, especially during this pandemic. Let's be supportive of them. We've done stuff as a church to reach out and help small businesses. In fact, on Christmas Eve, we took up a special offering to help struggling local small businesses. But I wanna invite you as your pastor, wherever you live, to reach out and support tangibly the local small businesses. Secondly, we're beginning 21 Days with Jesus starting tomorrow for 21 days. Specific prayer points for you and your household to pray for. Now, we had these prayer sheets available on Christmas Eve, but it's also available online. And online, you will see a specific thing that we can pray for as a church family each day. In fact, you have little bullet points of details of how we can specifically pray. But then during the week of January the 17th until January the 23rd, in conjunction with our city, it's called City on Our Knees. 
And there's a challenge being put out to the entire city of Ottawa, to the church in Ottawa, to all the believers in Ottawa, to take their street or a couple of streets in their neighborhood and go pray on their street. Well, Woodville, we're a large church and we got people from all across Ottawa and the outlying areas. And I think as a large church in the city, let's lead the way. I think it'd be great if we were able to cover many of these streets in Ottawa. So I want you to go on the internet and surf and search for City on Our Knees. You will see the website and you can sign up for what street, what area you will be praying for during the week of January the 17th to the 23rd. And then at the end of these 21 days of prayer, on Sunday, January the 24th, it's our all-church prayer night. We're kind of hoping that we can have that prayer gathering on-site, and if it's not on-site, it'll be offered online, and even if we can join on-site, we'll be having it on-site and online. I can't think of a better way to start the new year than in the place of prayer. If there's ever been a time that the church needs to pray, now is the time. So Woodville, I'm calling you to prayer. Make sure you go online, get this 21 days with Jesus and join us during the month of January for prayer. Well, Evelyn and I really love each and every one of you. And we just pray that God would bless you greatly as we begin this new year. Have a great week. Good morning, everyone. My name is Blair Davidson, and I'm one of the members of the board of the church here. And today is an exciting day as we celebrate the 20th anniversary of Pastor Mark and Pastor Pastor Evelyn coming to Woodvale. And we've surprised them this this morning with a, a little presentation that we've done, and we're going to watch that together now. We've just uh, had a short glimpse of amazing 20 years of you, your and your families. Uh, ministry here at the Woodvale, Pastor Mark, and uh, it all started back in January 2001. Uh, you arrived with your family uh, that were very young at the time, three amazing children, Jonathan, Jennifer, and Jessica. You, We have watched them grow into godly young adults, and we know they have been uh, blessed with a, you've been blessed with a, a, a beautiful, three beautiful grandchildren with hopes of more to come. Um, Pastor Mark, right from day one, we knew that the Lord had provided us with the right lead pastor for what has, what he had in store for this congregation. We could sense the amazing anointing on your life and your heart for the people. We also know, knew, Evelyn, that, the, that, that you were the perfect spouse for Pastor Mark as you stepped in into this role. Evelyn, your love and support for your whole family has been so clear. Your strong prayer life over the ministry, the needs of the people in the Woodvale family, our missionaries and others around the world has made the real difference. We have sensed those prayers many, many times. Pastor Mark, over the past 20 years, you have preached the word of God with, uh, with divine inspiration and with great passion. You have provided great leadership to the many staff who have had the privilege to be under your guidance and you have led and worked with the church board with great wisdom. Your love and compassion for the congregation and those around uh, just radiates out. You have been there with us in many of our major times in our lives. You You have made people of all ages feel totally loved. You have compassion for the sick or in need 
like no one else most of us know. In particular, your visitation to the elderly at the, their homes, in retirement homes, nursing homes, hospitals, has meant so much to them and their family members. You have been there with many of us to some of the most trying times of life, from the sickness of our, uh, our loss of children, spouses, relatives, and friends. Your compassion has never stopped at the door of Woodville, but has reached to people that don't even call Woodville their church home. We have also rejoiced. You have also rejoiced with us during the great times, such as the salvation of family members or friends, miraculous healings, graduations, marriages, babies, new jobs, etc., etc. You don't just talk love, you are love. The last 20 years under your leadership has brought about great growth at Woodville, all to the glory of God. In the spring of 2006, you watched the original 450-seat sanctuary being torn to the ground in the preparation of the new 2,000-seat sanctuary, and you knew there was no going back. That bold move brought about the start of a great growth here at Woodville, and we know there is great growth still to come. You've encouraged us to look outside our doors to help, uh, to help our neighbors. You have forged relationships with our city councillors and with leaders in our city, other leaders in our city. You have a heart for all people in our city, the nation, around the world, and have encouraged us to take on more and more missionaries around the world to spread the gospel. Your heart for the lost is very clear. But we, we know that your time at Woodvale is not over. And I repeat, your time is not over. And we know that's from the Lord. We look forward to many more great years under your leadership. We have been dreaming, you have been dreaming about where the Lord is ready to take us to next. It is time for us to buckle up and be ready for the great things the Lord has in store for Woodvale under your leadership. The Lord knew all about COVID when he, even though we were surprised. But he also knows what is coming next, and we know the best is yet to come here at Woodville and around the world. It is my privilege to represent the Woodville Church family, the church board, and the church board in making this special presentation to you today to thank, to thank you and Evelyn for being our very, our lead pastor for the last 20 years, and we are looking forward to many more great years together. We are very sorry that the church could not be open today because of the lockdown, as everyone would have been loved to have been here to honor you and Evelyn, but we can be sure that they are rejoicing with us. We love you both and pray the Lord's richest blessing over you, your children and grandchildren, as you lead us into the future. We know you have a hard time taking time off and even taking all your holidays. We did hear that you and Evelyn would really like to take a trip out west to see part of Canada that you have never seen before. We are encouraging to you to plan that trip to, uh, as soon as the pandemic is over and we are providing you with a check to help you make that happen. It is, it's just a little token of appreciation for what, we, what you mean to each one of us. So we love you and we appreciate you so, so much. And I'm gonna just present you with this as a token of our appreciation. Wow. Wow, we're overwhelmed with gratitude. Thank you, Blair. Thank you, church family. We 
count it an honor, a privilege, a joy to, to serve you. And it's hard to believe 20 years have gone by. It's gone by so quick. And uh, we really feel the Lord has planted us here for such a time as this. We love you so much. We count it an honor to do life with you. And uh, thank you for your generosity. Thank you for your love. And thank you for being such an amazing church. We thank you for the wonderful years and all your support. We have always felt it in all the journey that we've had, myself with health. We just are so appreciative of everything you've done and all that you've been for us as a family, from all of our family. We thank you today. We love you with all of our hearts and our prayers continue to be with you. And we're so excited for what God has ahead. Thank you. God bless you all. Thank you, Woodville. We love you. Yes. Well, thank you for joining us today. We hope that you can join us next week online at 9 and 11. God bless you.